Well, this is our last message in a series on discipleship, which simply means how do we follow Jesus? That's what it is. It's, it's following Jesus or being an apprentice to Jesus is a good way to do it. And that's the greatest way to live. But it's not always an easy way to live. And it can be confusing. But, but Jesus basically said, hey, follow me. If you live life like I do, then life will, will have its way. It will work. It won't mean it's always easy. In fact, often it's really, really hard. Has anybody ever found it's hard? Yeah, some people. I reckon the rest of you are probably lying. <laughs> I find life hard. It's not like that you get to know Jesus and everything's beautiful, you know, Nirvana. Actually, life gets tougher, I've found. And the need for resilience in following Jesus is really, really important. Resilience. Our world talks about resilience, but a lot of it actually is really empty. You know, it's like try harder. Think positive thoughts. Have you ever tried to do that when you're in the middle of a really tough situation? Be happy. No, I can't. <laughs> Try and overcome your fears and frustrations. No, I'm not. I'm really angry. Like, like how do you self kind of motivate yourself to be more resilient? I, I don't think you can. We can get some of the way, and there's some good principles there, I'm sure, in modern psychology, but, but there's actually a far greater way. It's called supernatural resilience. Now, I'm going to share for about 10 minutes, and then I'm going to get a team of experts on the stage. People who've walked the journey and who've got something to say about this. Come with me to Hebrews chapter 12, a chapter on resilience. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, you know that? You and I are surrounded by people cheering us on. The previous chapter, the therefore, you know, is you have a whole lot of people cheering you on. And the chapter talks about the champions of our faith. There was Abram and then there's Moses and there's David and all these people cheering us on. Because therefore, since all these people have gone before you and have lived successfully, it's like, it's like the, the rugby this morning. Anyone watch the World Cup? Man, imagine walking into that stadium in France as an all-black or as a springbok and and the cheer and the roar. Imagine being in that stadium, being cheered on by people who support you. There's this crowd of witnesses. There's prime ministers. There's ex-players. You know, there's all kinds of people cheering you on. And, and I reckon it makes you run faster. I've never played in front of that sort of crowd. In fact, I've never played rugby at all. But I reckon it would. That sense of who, who's the crowd around you cheering you on. That's kind of like the church. Lydia, we're cheering you on wherever you've gone. We're cheering on, Andrew and Belinda. We're cheering you on because you're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses who've gone before us. People have lived this faith before and lived it well. I see another little baby at the back for the first time. Beautiful. Sorry. Hiding behind the pole. That's gorgeous. It says... Since we are surrounded by this rugby stadium of heroes in the faith, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely and run with endurance the race set out before us. What a stirring verse. 
since all these people are cheering on, get rid of the stuff that you don't need. Get rid of it. Lighten your load. Get ready for life and run with perseverance. How's that for resilience? Drop the weight. Drop the, the kind of the sin and the, the distractions and things. that and Just push them aside and run. This is kind of motivational, isn't it? But here's the twist. What's this? Verse 2. Looking to Jesus. That, that word means turn your eyes away from something and fix them on something else. I bet, Andrew and Belinda, you've seen babies before, but when Lydia arrived, man, you fix your eyes on her. She would be the cutest little baby that has ever born, right? <laughs> you know, when, when you experience something as a parent, as a grandparent, that there is nothing more gorgeous, more cute than this. And so you turn from everything else that you might have thought is beautiful before, and now this is the most beautiful thing. That's what that means. It means turn and look at something and gaze on it. Jesus, who is the founder and perfecter of our faith. Look at Jesus, who for the joy that was before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. There is someone who's gone before us, who's experienced the trials of life and worse, and has succeeded. Come on, there's a champion. Jesus is the champion that we follow. He's the one, he's our example. He's the one who's actually navigated life for us. And he's faced death in the face with people accusing him of all kinds of stuff he didn't do. Died an innocent man on a cross for you and I. He did it. He's one. Do you want an example to follow in life? Someone to disciple your life after? I can recommend Jesus. Can you think of anyone else that you really want? Who else has the keys of life? Who else has gone before us and conquered everything? It says, goes on, it says, Consider him who endured from sin such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. It says, consider him. That word means think over, ponder. Think of his example. Muse on it, meditate on it. Think about how he did it. So in one sense, that's motivational, right? It's like if I look at the example that's gone before me, the great cloud of witnesses and, and Jesus who's coming, and we take our example of him, we have a role to play in being resilient. We do. It's not just God's kind of, supernatural intervention. We, we have responsibility. It's like, it's like me turning on a light switch. Unless I turn the light switch on, the light's not going to come on. But I'd be kidding myself to think that I could power this room. I, I, but I've got to activate the switch, right? And then phew, that's what it's like in the Christian life. I've still got to go ahead. I've still got to make wise decisions. I've still got to decide to do things. But, but I'd be kidding myself to think that I'd have the amount of resource inside of me to actually do this life well, I don't. No matter how well educated I might be, no matter how good my family might be, no matter how good circumstances might be, I simply do not have everything that I need to live this life well. I need supernatural resilience or grit. 
Isn't that a great word? Grit. Do you know what grit stands for? I just make this up. But this is what I think it stands for. God's reality in trial. Grit. You like that one? It took me a while. God's reality in trials. You don't just need human motivation. Come on, boys, we can do this. We can knock over the All Blacks. They need God's reality in trials. Trials are going to come. You know that. You might be in the middle of one. You need grit. God's reality. Not, not even God's help. This is why I wrestled with this word. Is it, is it God's resources? No, God's reality. It's the presence of God himself that you need. And as he works in you, you will find supernatural ability to do stuff. Psalm 46. It's not on the back, sorry. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. The earth slips away and falls into the heart of the sea. God, God is our help and our refuge. A very present help in time of trouble. Psalm 46 verse 1. Therefore we will not fear. Though the earth slips into the sea, no, the, the world erupts in warfare or things happen around the world. God, the reality of God is our strength. You and I need grit. God's Reality in trials. Triggered by the great cloud of witnesses and the people of the church and people gone before us and the example of Jesus, you will find yourself being fueled with supernatural resilience to face the things that you have in front of you and that you don't even know about what's around next year. Who knows what sort of trials are going to come? Now, God is not engineering these trials for you, Okay. He's like, how can I make life difficult for you? He's actually on your team. And you and I just live in a fallen world. That's the reality. We live in a world that's imperfect. You know that. You live in a world physically and environmentally and relationally and economically. That's kind of wobbly and it always has been. There's no surprises there. God is not engineering something for your destruction. Actually, he's working with you in the middle of trials. So he's on your team as a good father. So with that little prep talk, I'm going to invite our team of panel. We're going to discuss this, what it actually looks like. So we're going to take a minute just to rearrange the stage a little bit. Turn around to the person next to you. Introduce yourself. Say a quick g'day. Tell them to get some grit. Fabulous. Well, let me introduce you to our panel. I'm Jeff, Roe, we're married, lead the church. Marilyn Crime, welcome. Hello, Jeff. No. Thank you. And Josh Petrie. Hello. Give these guys a hand. Yeah. Braving the spotlight. I've asked the first question. Just tell us something about yourself that maybe you might not know. Josh, far away. Uh, well, something you may not know about me is I play drums. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. no. Oh, that's oh. You guys knew that? Huh? Uh, well, let's see. Um, 
I'll give you I'll give you a double. I love art, and the other one is I won a super hot taco eating contest at Tommy's. Do you guys remember Tommy's, the Mexican restaurant yeah. that was here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I won a voucher for fifty dollars, which was just enough money to pay for the tacos I ordered. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> really, the only thing I got out of it was about three days of upset tummy. <laughs> Classic. And you like rap? I dabble. Dabble. Dabble in rap. I, we've seen you. <laughs> Fabulous. And you're married to Heather. Yeah. And we have three kids um, that we're fostering, and that is great. That's awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Josh. Marilyn, welcome. Is there something that we don't know about you that um, you can share? I had to think about this one, but I'm pretty sure that um, upon leaving school, I trained as an enrolled nurse, mm -hmm. and I haven't nursed since 1989. Well, for Upon leaving I school, I trained as a primary school teacher. And I have not taught since <laughs> 2003. <laughs> and the job that I hold, and next year it'll be 30 years of doing this job, is nothing that I considered upon doing my HSC. It's so remote and out there that I couldn't have imagined it, but I am the part-time cleaner at Blaney Police Station, 30 years next year, and it's a job I love. Yes, I love it. I love it. But in addition to that, paid business. You have quite a family, Marilyn. Yes. <laughs> a big family. Yes. Um, a, a, a family that is, um, a, well, four of the children are now adults. And, um, and we have a wedding coming up at the end of the year. And it's actually very nice to have your children grow up and become your friends. Yeah. yeah. Special. You have an amazing family, of course, with Colin, your husband here, partners in crime yes. on that. <laughs> Fabulous. Do you want to talk about anything we might not know? Oh, I was actually struggling about that because I thought there's probably a lot of stuff that everyone knows about me. Yes, that's all right. <laughs> but I was going to say that. <laughs> Hang on, you're off script. I'm not off script. You gave me the question as well. <laughs> That um, I, in 1995, I sailed on the Young Endeavour for three weeks, uh, which is a naval training ship, um, a tall ship. Um, and, yeah, I learned how to climb right to the top of the mast. Yes. The like, crow's right nest. to the top. <laughs> Touch the top, <laughs> which is not where you normally go. And also discovered that I had more stupidity in me than I thought I did. Because <laughs> I'm a very sensible person. But somehow I was talked into swimming in the ocean with sharks, with just a naval officer guarding us with a rifle. Hmm. Looking out for sharks. That's a bit stupid. Very safe. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, let's crack into some questions. Um, we were, we're talking resilience, and we're talking about how we cope through trials. And, and the question really is, you know, is there a time when you needed resilience? So what is the situation, Josh, I'll start with you, where you needed some resilience that just life was kind of swamped you? I thought I would share uh, about a time where, in fairly recent history, where I had some anxiety issues and... I guess some of those were uh, related to the chaos of life, but I think in other ways it was just a thing that happened that 
was yeah, out of out of my control and um, I'm sure some of you at least would have had similar experiences where you just uh, feel like there's no relief and yeah. I just felt like uh, a lot of the time I just felt like I was floating off the ground like I just wasn't pinned to anything and, and nothing felt particularly secure or peaceful and in that moment I just remember it just felt like it was never going to end uh, like it was just there always and I guess after a while that felt really exhausting and just felt like I yeah, just didn't have a, a lot more fight left in me. So that was a time where I think yeah, a bit of resilience uh, would have come in handy and did come in handy or, or perhaps even just thinking about how to get some of that. Yeah. Let's just sit with our, I don't know if you can hear those words, um, never ending, uh, exhaustion, kind of floating through. Have you ever identified with that? Just that sense of, I, I, I can't see the end in this. Is this what I'm hearing? That that sense of what I'm going through is so difficult that I, man, I, 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 can't, I can't see how to get through this. Is that right? So these are real feelings as well, aren't they? They're real emotions attached to that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. Marilyn, go on. What, what are some times when you just felt like you need some resilience? Okay, so... Um what I'll share is a time back in early 1997 where I probably didn't do this very well. So I'll get, I'll get to the end. <laughs> but um, I was just going through that really tough time of um, like feeling that you're in the trenches, you're knee deep in the miry clay yeah. and, um, <laughs> and you lose your peace, which means you lose your sleep. Yeah. And... Um, it's a really, really hard time. You're certainly grateful for family and friends that are supportive, but it's, um, you lose hope. Yeah. And hope is something that you just long for. And in this situation that lasted around about three months, most of it me in tears, um, not handling it very well at all, um, crying and lamenting and travailing and um, moaning <laughs> to the Lord about my situation. And, you know, we've sung it this morning, God is a good father. Because whilst I was mop in hand cleaning at Blaney Police Station, I heard a voice it made me turn to see if somebody had entered the station. I thought, oh, somebody must be here. There was nobody there. It was just me and my Lord. Four words. Four words. Not long, my child. Wow. That's what I heard. And straight away I was filled with hope. Just what I needed. <laughs> and so grateful to have a father in heaven that cared about me and loved me so very much. I still had to go on through about another five weeks of the journey that I was going through. But light at the end of the tunnel, hope restored. Wow. Um, wow. That's what made the difference for me. So wow. if I then... On this, um, you know, to be honest, I felt like I, I handled that so badly. I was just a wreck. 
Colin knows. <laughs> and um, I beat myself up over it. But I'd say this to you. If you're going through tough stuff, be kind to yourself. Yeah. God is certainly kind to you. Yeah. But learn from it. Yeah. Work out what you can learn from this thing. Because fast forward to 2021, just two short years ago, we got hit again. <laughs> there we are. <clears throat> this time it's um, of financial magnitude. What we are facing could ruin us. And um, <clears throat> I've learned a bit by now. The battle belongs to the Lord. Yeah. yeah. We battle not against, I've got it written here, um, Ephesians 6.12. We battle not against flesh and blood, but by the powers and principalities of this present age. Yep. That's what we're up against. Yep. We need to put on the armour of God. Look up Ephesians 6. Yeah. You know, we need to be having that belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit and the rest. We need that on us because yeah. we're going into battle, not on our own, but with the Lord. We have our Bible and I truly believe, I have come to learn, to know. Every difficulty, every trial, every um, battle that you could ever be in, the answer answer is in the bible wow i'm going up against a financial battle something that could ruin us and um hebrews 13 verse 5 keep your eyes free from the love of money and be content with what you have because god has said never will i leave you yeah. never will i forsake you and that's a promise that i held on to held firmly to look it was tough Colin would know he was quicker there than me. It took me two and a half weeks of holding on so tightly to, to the provision that God had supplied us with because I know that all that we have has come from the Lord. It's, it's what he's blessed us with. And for two and a half weeks, even though I'd read that, I'm going, no, I've done nothing wrong. I I don't want to give this up. And, and it wasn't until I could do this and say, Lord, not my will but yours. Mm. Whatever happens along this journey, whatever comes from this, I give it all to you and I can actually honestly be at peace with it. And I think it was the day or one or two days after that that we got news of, um, yeah, a support mechanism in place where it wasn't going to cost us the huge amount that we'd initially thought it would. And we still had to battle on through another um, ten, 10 or so weeks until we got to the resolution of that one. Um, Grateful to have lovely pastors to share what we're going through with. Grateful to have a few close friends who also knew what mm. we were going through, who were praying for us. Yeah. That's huge, Marilyn. And I reckon there are people here today, possibly, maybe not the magnitude of what you're facing, but are experiencing the feelings and the reality of the situation. And, and that's, that's where 
what you're saying is absolute gold. You cling to some promises, the reality of God, his word. Yeah, got some grit. Grit, God's reality. <laughs> and you know what I'm thinking? God's reality is kind. I reckon sometimes in trials we feel like God is against us or we've done something wrong and we're, we're, so we disconnect from God, right? Because we feel condemned or afraid, but actually God is a good father and, and longs to step in and be kind. Just That's a beautiful story of him coming into your workplace and just, just four words. So that's a salve to my soul. Yeah. I love this. Josh, I'm going to come back to you for the, your answer. Um, this is really powerful. Ro, tell me a time when you just needed resilience. Yep. Um, you know, I think the funny thing is that resilience is something that just is needed in our everyday. Like, we can, we, we do go through ridiculous things sometimes, but it's also just in the everyday part of life. And I was reflecting on two situations, like, you know, becoming a mum for the first time um, and then also losing my mum, not at the same time, but um, just to you know everyday things that happen in you know in the world all the time but uh life shifting and life changing circumstances which can dis destabilize um where who you thought you were the foundation you thought you had and um yeah and it you have to look for something else yeah so you're saying that you don't have the resources in you to really to get through yeah, because it's, there's unknowns and I think often it's that it's the unknown of life and the unknown of a situation that um, we don't have it and so it calls for something else. Yeah. Sometimes our language is important. Often as, as Australians, we'll say, you'll be right. You'll get through. You've, you've got it. <laughs> but what if we don't? You know, we use those terms and we're kind of encouraging, but inside, when you're in those situations, you go, I, actually, I don't have it. I, I don't have the resource inside. Don't tell me to try hard or it'll all work out because it just may not. So we need something extra, something supernatural in those times. Um, Josh, come back to you. What, what helps you, which is the, the third question there, like, like how did you find God's peace and strength? Like what, what was it for you that really helped you through? I almost feel like my answer to this is what not to do because that's what I tried for a long time, which um, I suppose I should say right at the, the start, uh, as part of this story, I did, um, you know, go see some counselling, go get the counselling and some other things as well. But in terms of the faith piece, uh, initially I just tried, I thought if I seek God really hard, then he will meet me and give me peace. And so I just tried really hard. I... Um, you know, I got really disciplined in quiet time and praying, which um, coming from a very conservative background, that seems to be the advice that you get given is just um, pray more and read your Bible more and things will work out, which I think there's a place for that, definitely. But I think my attitude in it was, well, if I do this stuff, then God will see and make everything okay again because yeah, yeah, yeah. like, I'm doing the right things. Yeah. And um, so I think I... I I just tried really hard for a while and didn't feel a whole lot better. But I suppose in, in kind of thinking through and processing, I realised actually the thing that 
eventually gave me peace was not about the, the doing, the trying really hard, but more, I guess, seeing who God is and, and focusing more on trusting that. And so, in reflecting on your questions that you gave me, I actually remembered there was just one single verse through this time that I seemed to keep coming back to, um, which I had forgotten about, funnily enough, but, and also, the, the amount of times I read just this one single verse and still could not commit it to my mind is so funny to me. But here it is. It's uh, Psalm 147, verse 5, and it just says this, Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. And wow. those two lines for me just felt like a promise. Wow. And so I just stopped striving so hard stop trying to work so hard yeah. at it and just yeah. go, I actually just want to trust in this promise right. and I've received peace in doing that. Wow. Both of you have talked about the power of just a verse in the Scriptures. Like just one verse has such power when we grab hold of that. And you're right, Josh. Because <laughs> you were talking about that in your message, um, you know, looking at Jesus, who he is, what he's done yeah. and... I guess allowing that to, to become our peace. Yeah. Which doesn't happen right away, always. Yeah. It can be yeah. challenging still. Yeah. And absolutely, there's a place for counselling and for just for help, for you know, professional help in this. But so often the, the answer is just right in, in the Word of God and, and the kindness of God in the middle. What was your solution? How did you <laughs> move through you know, some pretty challenging times that you know, have been there? Yes. Um, so my solution often with challenging times is um, I'm quite real with God. Um, I Usually when the family's not home, <laughs> I will have it out with God um, because it's okay to tell him where I'm at. Um, it's 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 real what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking. Right. It's it's not like it's actually it's happening. Yep. And so rather than taking it out on the family, it's <laughs> probably better that I take it out on God. So I, I'm real with him. I tell him exactly um, where I am at that point in time. Um, because I, I mean I know that he's got big enough shoulders to deal with my meltdowns and things like that. But then after that is exhausted, um, I, I pray, but I pray in the spirit mm. because something happens in we, when we pray in the spirit that is not me putting my thoughts into the situation. It's not me trying to solve the problem. It's not me making up stuff that God's saying to me. It's just the Holy Spirit in me talking to him mm. and doing something that I don't know what. You talk about tongues, gift of tongues. Yeah, yeah. talking, praying in, in tongues yeah. Yeah. Um, and just removing my own head from the situation right. and letting God work in me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember times when, when Jake, our littlest, our eldest, he may be our littlest one day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's not here. <laughs> you look out. He will be, he's sure. But I remember you praying in tongues over his cot when he wasn't sleeping. Like, it's kind of your secret weapon. <laughs> just get, just get, just get. 
We're almost out of time. It's, it's the weapon for me, not for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, Calm just the mother. <laughs> um, just as we wrap up, look, is, is there anything else? Just, just Josh, anything else? What, what thing, final advice would you give in resilience? I think something that has been really helpful for me to dwell on um, is uh, like thinking about when hard situations come into our lives, that question of why does God allow it? Well, I don't know if I can give a good answer necessarily, but the thought more that despite the hard things in our life, God doesn't shy away, that he didn't shy away from coming into the world, sending yeah. Jesus. That's good. Jesus experienced, you know, many um, hard and sad things in his life, he understands. And I think I also take comfort in just knowing that he is with us and he understands. <laughs> That's so good. As opposed to God being against you, God is for you. It's good, Josh. Marilyn, any words of wisdom to finish off? Um, since 2021, Colin and I made the firm decision that we need to read the Bible together and we need to pray together, which is something that we maintain to this day. Um, and if I could give my take home, here it is from what we're talking about. Look, in the world, you get trained in um, resuscitation. The ABCD, uh, ABC doctors, yeah, keep going. I think it is. <laughs> and, um, and as Christians, we need to train ourselves in resilience. Right. Exactly what's been right. spoken about here today. And I think that being in the Bible, knowing that your Bible contains every answer to every problem that you will face, yeah. be in prayer. Dialogue with God, I agree with you. When you're not happy about something, I've been there, I've let him know. Um, have people around you, trusted people praying also with you. Keep on turning up. So when mm. you're going through the hard stuff, that's probably when you think, oh, I just can't face church today. Keep on turning up. You need to be here. There is no better place mm. for you to be when you're going through the tough stuff. You know, I've stood here and tears streaming down my face during worship. Um, I need to be here to hear the message and be spurred on in my faith. Yeah. I need that. And I think when we come together as a church family, um, we stand together um, celebrating our victorious life right. in Christ. Right. And and here's a really important one that I only thought of this morning. When you've gone through something really tough, um, you, may, you may well end up hurt at the end of it. And there may be people along the way who have um, either directly or unbeknownst to them indirectly hurt you. You have to deal with that offence mm. that you are feeling. So there was a person that caused us in 2021 to face what we were facing. That person is in our prayer list. Yeah. We are praying for that person, praying for their salvation, praying that they'll meet Jesus and, um, and have a changed life as a result. Yeah, that's powerful. But, you know, if you don't deal with that offence, then you're losing your peace. Yeah. It's yeah. important. If you've come through tough stuff and something is still sticking to you, 
you got to deal with it yeah. just to be able to move move forward. Yeah. Oh, so much there. That is so wise. Any final thoughts? Me, quickly. Um, one of the best bits of advice I was given when just about to have a baby uh, was give my first fruits to God. Mm. And you know, we often talk about that in terms of our finances and our resources, but but we need to also remember in terms of all of our resources and one of those things is time. And and this person said to me, "What you need to find the best part of your day with a new baby and give it to God. Not go back to sleep, not go to the washing basket because it's going to be there always, but actually to go to God. And, um, and so I took that on board and the best part of my day... Um, became it might have been five minutes it might have been during play school it, you know whatever it happened to be over the time it changed and was flexible um, but it was the best part of my day and I learned to give that to God and I would read and I'd pray and um, what they discovered that that did to me over the years is that it's um, it's actually given me a security in my relationship with God that that I know that I wasn't just going to run to him when things were bad, but that he was part of the fabric of my world. Mm. And he was involved in everything from the good days to the bad days. And um, he walked in all of it. And it also, over time, gave me a perspective on my life that, you know, as you read through <laughs> this Bible, it's, there's crazy stuff in it. Like, it's just ridiculous. Um, and my world can seem quite okay in the middle of it yeah I my mum um also taught me this little lesson in that when I was 16 months old um our, our house burnt down I was a baby and um mum was devastated obviously and then she read an article in a paper about another mother who just had triplets two of them were blind and the third one had other difficulties and she read that article and she said, God is good to me. Yeah. Um, just being able to look at the perspective of life mm. and to know that in the middle of it we have a relationship with God. Um, it's in the little things that our resilience builds right. in order to be able to deal with the bigger things that come along. And I know, Marilyn, and I know that... You've been reading your Bible more than since 2021. <laughs> 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 the, the, the things that are in your world that have built in over the mm. fabric of your life enabled you to deal with the resilience and the bigger things. Yeah. So, yeah. Look, this has been so powerful, so powerful. Um, you know, welcome to maybe to pick up a conversation with you afterwards if you need. Um, but just, just a really powerful set of stories that, that are real, I think you nailed it. Come to church when you're down. Church is not for the well. It's for when we're battling, you know. So um, be surrounded by people. But hey, let's finish up. Give these guys a hand. And we really appreciate your time. Fabulous. We're just going to, Laura, can you jump up? We're going to just finish off. Um, can I invite you to stand up? We're going to just, I want to pray a blessing over you and just to, to find a space in God 
There's lots of information there from people, lots of good advice. But remember that supernatural resilience is God's reality in trial. Some of us are less or more able, and there's all kinds of different experiences, but God's reality is the great equalizer. The prime ministers of countries, kings and queens and rulers need it as much as we do. If you're going through something right now, just quietly, we're not asking you to come down the front or put your hand up or anything. All I want you to do is just in your heart, that thing that you're going through that's causing you grief and pain and loss, I want you simply to hold that out in your heart to Jesus. Like acknowledge that it's there. Could be a relationship, something financial, job related, just something going on, something serious, something that's just bugging you. What, what trial is in your life right now? I want you to lift that to Jesus. He's kind. He's gracious. And He's been there. And in the middle of that, I want you to experience right now, right now, God's reality in your trial. Right now, I want you to see God coming alongside of you and helping you walk that out. He might change circumstances. He might not. But I guarantee that He'll help you to carry the load that you have. I guarantee that He'll help you get through. I guarantee that He loves you more than you could ever understand. I guarantee that your future is bright. I guarantee that He has a plan and a hope for your life that far transcends anything that you could dream up. And His invitation this morning, if you don't know Him, is to follow Him, is to seek out this God who is amazing and life-sustaining. And He wants you to simply follow Him and be His disciple and learn the rhythms of grace. Learn His power and His freedom. So Lord Jesus, I pray for your blessing on each person here. I pray for your power and your anointing. I pray for your kindness.